I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. fucking Mark Twain shit, because it's definitely getting chisel on your tombstone. Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to Who Will Survive Horror Podcast. This is our bonus episode, number 16, where we are going to have a little conversation with somebody in the independent filmmaking business. Uh, Before we get to our guest, I want to introduce my co-host, as always, is Marco. What's up, bud? Hey, man. I'm here. I'm ready to do this. Nice, nice. And we... So we talked about this movie a little bit on our best of the year show, something that I had yes. seen and you had not seen this. I had not seen so now, this so. is a, tr- a treat for me. So when you brought this movie up, I sure, was like, sure. oh, definitely, um, you know, was going to check it out, of course, because all the hype and especially like you, you put it on your top 20 list. Sure, sure. And uh, it did not disappoint. So... I don't know if I had told you that I was talking to our guest a little bit about this, doing the show, and and was just kind of waiting until the opportunity. So, mm-hmm. uh, but so the movie we are talking about is from it was released last year, 2018. The movie is called Knuckleball, and with us is the director and I and the co-writer, which is Mike Peterson. What's going on, Mike? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Welcome. Thanks for coming man. on. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yes. Yes. So. Uh, the the movie came out last year, and I believe that a lot of your production was was kind of done in 2017. But because of you know the weird timing and stuff with everything, it was it was publicly available 2018, correct? Yeah, I'm trying to remember when we did that. We did it. Gosh, yeah, we did. We shot it two years ago, and then you're in post for you know six months or mm-hmm. right, right, and then you do the festival circuit for like another six months or eight months or whatever it is, and then it gets released. Yes. Right. Now, so, uh, you, um, you uh, obviously this is publicly available to everyone. And uh, was it something that did well in the festivals? And then were you able to get it kind of picked up by distribution pretty quick? Or did you know some people already have something set up for it? No, uh, we we made it um, with a sales agent, but not with distribution. Okay. So um, we, uh, like once we were in the festivals and stuff, they were at the markets and wherever trying yeah, to yeah. get to distributors. <clears throat> and then we ended up with uh, working with this distributor freestyle in the U S who mm-hmm. actually uh, released my first 
feature, uh, Lloyd the Conqueror. Um, and I'd gotten to know the, the one of the principals there mm-hmm. over the, you know, seven years or whatever it's been since mm-hmm. the last one, the first one came out. Uh, and then they just kind of, you know, the best, that was the best deal and it made the most sense. So sure. we went with them and they did a really great job actually with it. Um, and yeah, it was good. I mean, on the festival circuit, yeah, we, we did, uh, we did pretty well. We, we played at like Fantasia, Fantaspoa nice. uh, and I think Dead by Dawn and the Calgary Underground and the right, right. ones that I just can't remember off the top of my head. Right. But cool. yeah, it did well. Won a couple of awards, Morbido, I think, or Macabro, which one, I always get them mixed up. It's really bad. <laughs> but the, one of the ones in Mexico, you know. Sure, uh, yeah. But yeah, huh. it was, uh, yeah, it was, it went over really well with the audiences. The, I mean, the Fantasia screening was by far my favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. And part of that was because Michael Ironside was out there, and he did like uh, he did an interview, uh, like a you know career retrospective type oh, interview. Cool. That was like probably I, I would imagine they had kind of like forty five minutes an hour book for that thing, and it was probably two and a half hours, and he just <laughs> like told all sorts of wild stories. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, that's cool. cool. Um, how did you how did you kind of get started in making movies? Was this like sort of a career path or? something that sort of came about from doing other things more vicariously. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's hard to put your finger on exactly how it starts, but <laughs> right. <clears throat> um, what happened is essentially I always wanted to do it and I didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as I was trying to figure out how to do it, I just stayed in school for a long time. Right. Right. So I was in grad school and in grad school, I got a chance, uh, like I picked a grad school where I could do some film things. Mm-hmm. So I ended up, and I, before that, had done a lot of writing. Um, so I ended up at this grad school where I could do lots of documentary work and worked on a lot of other people's shows, doing like, you know, just camera and sound and whatever, mm-hmm. and made my own documentary. So I started out in documentaries, which I've always been really thankful for because it, I think it, you know, each, it depends, like everyone starts their own way, right? Like some people might just start out writing, might people, some people start out as editing, some people work mm-hmm. their way up. Some people maybe come from theater. Right. <clears throat> um, so all these different pathways, I think, uh, you know, set certain habits and ways of working. Right, right. Uh, so with documentary, what I've always uh, liked about it, I, th- I think, or one of the things that it does is uh, it allows you to kind of keep an eye open for accidents or circumstances that you maybe didn't plan for and how to take advantage of them when right. they do come up. Um and to me, that's always kind of the exciting part about making a movie is, you know, you plan a lot, but then there's always the things that you can't plan or the things that, you know, just change because of one thing or another and how you adapt and uh, work with these mistakes or accidents or circumstances and make them part of the part of the show, make, you know, make them just add to it. OK, what kind of uh, documentaries were you interested in? Well, you know, the first one I made, I wasn't completely interested in it. Like, I was interested in it because you got uh-huh. to live with it. But it wasn't sort of – it started out with a friend of mine. Uh, her dad had just passed away, and she found all this footage of uh, his time being a bomber pilot in oh, World War okay. II. Right, so right. It was about World War II bomber pilots in this specific group from the U.S. that were the first uh, the first people that – the first, you know, soldiers to enter the war for the U.S. Right. <clears throat> so it was all these young young kids that had probably never traveled more than you know 30 miles from home at that point from all over the states from like you know Kentucky to Oklahoma to California wherever they were from 
Yeah. And then put on an army base. They're they're trained how to fly this plane that is still being tested and doesn't have a manual. They're kind of making up the manual as they're, you know, entering the war. Mm-hmm. And then they're sent on, a, uh, you know, on a more or less long range, a long range bombing mission on sort of medium range bombing planes to the Pacific uh, theater. Um, and because they're the first, there's all these sort of things that they just have no expectations for. And because <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. essentially American isolationists at the time and then they enter the war, they're not exactly, you know, uh, you know, well-traveled. Right, right. Well, I, I ask because I, I, I love documentaries and I love how um, a lot of people get into them as passion project, you know, like a lot of political documentaries or whatever or um, some sort of industry specific. But as soon as you said like, World War II, I was like, oh, I'm interested. You know, like, that's my thing. I love that. And you said that was kind of like not you weren't looking for it, but it just kind of like working with something fell into your lap, so to uh, say. But, uh, you know, you kind of learned with it, too. I like yeah, that. We wanted to make a project, and this project came up, and there was this really cool, like, there was, like, a couple hours of footage that the soldiers themselves had shot. So I kind of had this point of view from, you know, these newbies. Uh, perspective yeah. is interesting and different than you know sort of your typical war footage yeah uh, it had a perspective Not, to it that i thought was interesting yeah. and sort of showed a you know a, a what you know like a more of like an everyman history of the of the war Right, a hundred percent. Like, I, not to go on a tangent here. We'll get back to uh, no, you know fine. the horror movies and stuff. But I, I do that same thing where I buy World War II books on every, pretty much every country. Like, I have one called the Kamikaze. It was a Japanese pilot. It was his point of view. It was the German Panzer tank. Their point of view. The soldiers, not the not the captains or whatever. It's the soldiers. What they went through. Like, I have a book called Ivan's War. That's the Russians' mental. You know, the 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 soldier of that. So we get their first-hand accounts not just what like you see on tv or the textbooks and stuff so i, I i'm i'm huge into that stuff i love yeah. to hear it from the actual people who were there and their perspective why they were fighting for their countries so that's really cool yeah so that, that's what i did like about it um and i was originally going to do it with this this partner and then she had to back out for some some you know personal reasons right before we were going going like a few days before we were, we were going off to do the interviews. Oh no! And mm-hmm. she was more of the expert in sort of the, some of the historical things at that point in time, and I was more mm-hmm. going to be a filmmaker. Right, right, right. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. So these these guys had been doing reunions for every year. I think it was their fifty third reunion or something like that. Yeah. Nice. <clears throat> so I so I was like, well fuck, we got to go, man. Like, so I was like, you do care if I just take this on and I'll just take it over. And if you can, you know, if you want to come back and help or do anything, that's all good. But I, I just, you know, we've got everything set up. Let's do it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so then we went out there and it was like me and two buddies and, you know, I'm kind of running the camera. My buddy's doing sound. And then I'm just kind of asking questions of what I think is interesting. And then it, those kind of lead to different questions. so it was probably partly my lack of knowledge about some of the specifics that made it more of like an everyman history of of what it was like for these new guys because that was just what i was naturally curious about well of course you get you don't get the cookie cutter uh questions or the whole thing you're actually curious about it and yeah man that's natural conversation with it you'll get the best uh best scoop i guess sure yeah it was was really cool so i was I, i didn't actually see your first movie but i was just kind of looking at it on imdb and yeah now i now i have to see it realizing oh all of these amazing people that are in it 
Was that we're talking about Lloyd, yeah, the, Lloyd Conqueror. the Conqueror? Yes. Oh yeah, I think you guys will like it. Yeah. Well, oh I, my god. I I see yeah. you had Brian Posehn as in it yes. and Harlan Williams. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah, you know, is it um is is yeah. it like a, a a contractual obligation to use Harlan Williams in Canadian movies? Uh, no. What is <laughs> um and I might be misremembering, but I'm there was uh Brian Posehn was friends with him, and the last time sure yeah. uh, uh, Harlan Williams did a movie, mm-hmm. he called Brian or Brian Posehn to do like a you know like the the smaller guest role type mm-hmm. appearance. Mm-hmm. So Brian Posehn uh, was doing this so that Harlan Williams could be the smaller guest role in his movie. Yeah, right. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, no, that looks pretty funny. I'll have to check that one well, out for sure. Yeah, I, I saw Brian about... Posehn do comedy before too. He's good. Oh yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's great. Uh, anything like this? This is the movie. Like I said, this this uh, ties into my Comic Con esque geek culture, where you know I want to go out and LARP and stuff too. You know, but uh, you know, watching movies like this one, uh, well, well, okay, I didn't watch it. I watched a trailer and read up on it, and I need to, I need to like watch it now. Is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I need to watch well, this. Wait movie. till we're done talking; it'll be distracting. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. Very true. <laughs> Just hear Marco randomly laughing at something in the background. <laughs> what? What's going on? I'm not watching the movie. I swear, yeah, yeah. guys. I swear. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me know if you watch it. Let me know if you if, how you like it. I'd be curious. Oh, I am. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. That. Yeah. That was crazy, man. We did that one in 15 days. Oh wow. <laughs> so you had done some documentary stuff and some shorts, and then how does that come about to to taking it to the next level of doing like a feature? Oh man, it was like uh, training because I had some friends that had made feature films, and you know some of them still haven't made a second one. Um, so I was sort of thinking two ways. One was I might only get one shot at this. Sure, I don't want to blow it. Uh, so I wanted to make as many things as I could to try to you know experiment, learn, build my craft as much as possible, mm-hmm. uh, so that I don't fuck it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. Basically, that's, like it, that's, gotta be pressure. Yeah. Well, like you think, like uh, John Ford, he made something like I don't know, like eighty or hundred movies before he made Stagecoach. Right. Oh. Right. And a lot yeah. of these were like one reelers or two reelers or whatever you know they called back then. Um, but you know, you it seems like you they used to you used to have to spend a lot of time developing your skills before. You sure. got a chance to direct, right? And now it seems like everyone wants to just get in there and make their first feature film. And I just never, I just never wanted to do that. I was like, no way. I want to be yeah, yeah. ready. Well, yeah, because you don't want to. I think there's an expectation when you go from short to feature that it's going to be of a certain quality and, and carry a certain tone or a certain narrative. And I think if you do jump in too soon before you're sh- sure of what you want to do with a lot of things, then people are judging it unfairly. Mm-hmm. And it gets, you know, like, oh, you know, this feature length movie is is bullshit because they didn't tell the story the way I wanted it to be or something. And then, you know, the, it puts you in a different category where if you kind of sharpen your your sword a little bit and then come out to uh, fight the professional LARPer after you've practiced a lot, <laughs> you know, he'll do a lot better, That's I think. Basically, right. the movie. That's yes. basically what it's about. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's true. Uh, but I, you know, people get impatient and they don't want to. Um, they just want to jump in and and like you, you're a runner, right? So right, right. I don't know if you ran a marathon yet. Um, I, yeah, I did one, and I just actually signed up to do my second one. Okay, so the analogy 
the analogy is kind of like going from 5Ks to marathons. Like, yes, yeah, if yeah, because yeah. you're really good at 5Ks does not mean you can run marathons. Like, there's mm-hmm. different things. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Like a lot different, and the and it's not even just the physical stuff. It's like the mental stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. And and I can relate too because when I started, I was I was older, you know, in my mid 30s when I finally started doing something, and all the people that I had known that were already doing it were doing it for a longer than me and they were faster and they were going further right and, and i'm just frustrated going fuck i can't go any longer than this and really like pushing myself too hard and then kind of getting hurt and having to dial it back because you're pushing too hard so I, mm-hmm. I could totally get it under that analogy of having to just accept the fact that you need to take time and it's going to eventually get there so yeah and you'll have a better race right right and hopefully not get so fucked up and injured so <laughs> and then you'd be able to do it more than once yeah yeah so but yeah i i, I totally understand that uh, but that's cool i i have to definitely check that out and and some of the shorts i know it's it's hard when people make a lot of shorts to always find them unless they're all sort of aggregated in one place so i don't know yeah. if you if you have them all put together somewhere where people can I see them or don't i'm really pretty actually bad at this part um, yeah. Oh, it's, well, it takes time and, and effort, and you're not getting paid to put them out there, you know. So, well, is it like the? It's hard. It's just uh, like I, I don't know that I don't know. Fuck, I don't know who watches short films. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like right, whatever. Right. People want to watch them every once in a while. I'll send them to someone or whatever. But they, you know, I'll yeah. play festivals at some point in time, and mm-hmm. then it felt like that was kind of what they were supposed to do. And then you know. Yeah, right. and and people just like them. Um, more i would say horror ones people like horror shorts but i don't know about non-horror ones if they're quite as as catchy maybe comedy ones i'm not sure but yeah i don't i don't really watch a lot of shorts only if if uh some kind of a streaming streaming service will put up something seasonally like at halloween or christmas time there'll be you know shutter or something or amazon will put like a bunch of horror shorts to that are based mm-hmm. on christmas movies or something and you go through and watch them most of them are kind of stupid but there's a yeah, few good yeah. ones or something in there so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. anyway I, I don't love watching shorts for the most part myself <laughs> i don't love reading short stories like too, very yeah, often yeah. i mean right. like it's i'd rather read a novel or watch a feature yeah absolutely uh so uh, how did you transition then from from crazy comedy to a much more serious kind of a horror themed movie was that something <laughs> that was always an interest to you um yeah like well like most of the shorts i made were you know they might have had some humor in them mm-hmm. but most of them had probably some sort of uh dark element to them mm-hmm. and were a lot less right. less uh verbal okay. so they weren't weren't they weren't very dialogue driven some of them mm-hmm. had no dialogue um so it, was, it would it probably actually be a more a slightly more natural progression for me to have done knuckleball than it probably was for me to do lloyd the conqueror right um but yeah, then when yeah. i Lloyd the conqueror like ever then because you, you get pigeonholed you know sometimes uh rightly or wrongly so then after that all the sort of uh tv directing jobs that i did were all comedy based okay right right, right and right. i was like well no i did more than that i actually made like five sci-fi shorts you know sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. absolutely so it's just a weird thing so i think i probably swung a little harder the other way and took out all the humor right. uh, yeah yeah <laughs> you, you know and i and now i'm like i think i'm okay and i'm like you know what i can have some humor and some dark stuff and i can you know i can just do whatever i want now sure yeah, i didn't laugh i didn't laugh once during knuckleball well maybe once 
Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. But you know, <laughs> a joke-heavy movie. There's not like too much tongue-in-cheekness or whatever. No. Right. No. Right, no. Right. No, the probably the the closest thing to any uh, any real levity in the movie is is your uh, cameo. <laughs> that is literally oh, what I oh, felt like oh, on were that you day. the were you the um the guy with the bloody nose at the yeah bar, exactly right? the ones that fought during the traffic accident in the in the thing yes I I, I thought that was you yeah. <laughs> from the one picture that I saw of you I'm like that's that's him <laughs> right <laughs> Very that's cool. my uh that's the range and uh, depth of my acting you saw <laughs> <laughs> right you guys good here yep good. we're good okay <laughs> yeah that's right I love it though it's so good. <laughs> I that's didn't catch a, on at that's first. That's a small town I want to live in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what I what I did catch on from that scene was the guy that you got into a fight with is somebody I recognized from one of Marco and I's favorite scenes from a 2018 movie last year. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I don't know if you caught that Marco, the other uh, the other guy that he fought no. with the, is the guy, he, he played he played Chion in Hold the Dark and had the massive shootout from the top of the barn. Was that him? Yes. Oh shit! Yeah, um, Julian Black Antelope, right? That's yep, that's right. <laughs> Slumming it. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I yeah. saw him and I was like, "Holy shit, is that Chion?" I uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that no, that 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 um, it's probably because I wasn't really like looking at that. I was just kind of in in doing. It was the just scene. a guy in the bar, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I just was. I think I was more caught up in that situation of these two guys or they're toasting each other because the cops like, look, just you know. Stop fighting in the street and just have a beer. <laughs> just like you know, hug it out, bitch, and a deal. Yeah. And that's it. Uh, no, that's cool. I, I didn't know that. Now, <laughs> that's yeah. good. Yeah, that is our one of our favorite scenes from last year. Oh my god, very yeah, uncomfortable, but very. very what's violent. that? I'm sorry. He's, oh, he's yeah. great in that movie. Yeah, the um, yeah. that I mean, I like. I really like Jeremy Solnier's work. Um, yes. Oh the, God, yes, yeah. That movie, I, I was uh, the the one thing I I, uh, I liked a lot about that film, but the one thing I I was underwhelmed by was the uh, character motivations in the story. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is a little bit left up to your imagination. I feel like we we yeah. did actually we did a show about it, and we had a whole kind of long discussion about what was actually going on in the movie. So yeah, I know it it's based mysterious. on a book, and I want to read the book because. You know, mm-hmm. books, you get a little bit more marination and stuff anyway. So I'm curious to see if the book will explain a little bit more. Because, yeah, what, like Paul and I had these discussions like, you know, uh, are these essentially, you know, wolves in spirit or, or a human form? And they're taking on that persona and it has this whole whole. Sure, sure. Well, that was, and, yeah, that was his yeah. first movie that wasn't written just by him and Macon Blair, too. <laughs> right. It was adapted right. from a book. So, yeah, right. that's right. So it was a little bit it, it was like, a, you know. A Saulnier movie, but the, it had a little supernatural and, and some other mm-hmm. stuff that he doesn't usually have in his movies. So yeah, yeah, still an awesome movie though. Great movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great looking. They filmed that out out here. Um, oh okay. They filmed that in Calgary. It, it did look cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a good uh, environmental movie for sure too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, so with with your movie, it it kind of shares that same feeling too where it's this cold isolation Isolation. this this northern canada up away from everything um what was that actually supposed to take place in calgary was the the setting of it too no you know what for that one i didn't it didn't matter like it didn't feel like the place was uh specifically important sure sure Mm -hmm. more that it was you know a kind of place rather than a specific place gotcha okay um just because the place itself doesn't play into it. It's not like it's, you know, mm-hmm. 
Amherst or you know Yale, wherever Yale, uh, you know Boston or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> right. Show it was an isolation that you couldn't get to easily. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right, and that is cold. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you yeah. name a specific town, people wouldn't know it anyways, probably, right? So, <laughs> Well, that's the other thing, yeah. So it was just more that it was isolated and cold, and I just wanted to kind of capture that as a sense of, you know, dread and sure, uh, sure. trying to use open spaces to create claustrophobia. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it you're, worked. You're yep. A prisoner it worked. Of, of the <laughs> circumstance, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you... When when you're coming like when you're putting this idea together for the movie, yeah, um, how how did that sort of go? I know you you had a partner that you wrote this with, or or somebody else is at least credited as writing it. Was it you know you had a writing partner and you guys kind of came up with this idea together, or yeah, Kevin uh, Kevin and I have written a few scripts together. Okay, um, Kevin uh, Kevin's a like a you know genre fiction writer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I don't know when it was like eight years ago, 10 years ago, something like that. I, 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 there was an article in the local newspaper about, uh, an anthology of horror stories. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned one of the stories was written by someone, uh, locally. Okay. So I, so I picked up, I picked up a copy of the, of the story and I really liked it cause it was a vampire story, but it was, it was really a vampire story. Um, mm-hmm. so it was more set in the world of high finance um, and like day traders and that sort of thing. And it was just like, I thought it was a really cool story and it, you know, kind of took what could have been, you know, maybe lame or boring vampires can be that for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and kind of didn't actually even talk about vampires. So you're, you know, it was just, it was a cool story. So I called him up and I was like, Hey man, uh, I'm living here. This is what I'm up to. You want to grab a coffee? Uh, and then we sat down and we just kind of talked about stuff we liked, like, you know, Philip K. Dick and I don't know, you know, other horror things, movies, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we hit it off. And then I was like, you want to you want to try writing some stuff together? And then we've written a few projects together. Um, and this was one of them. And it always works a little differently. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the stories originate from things that he's written. Sometimes they're just ideas that we have. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. You'll have the seed of the idea and then. I'll, I'll sort of help build it out or I'll have the seed of the idea and he'll help build it out. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I came to him with sort of a, uh, you know, half a premise and then he kind of connected the other half and, uh, right, we right. complicated it together and, and that, yeah, yeah. He's sure. a, yeah love that guy. He's great. Cool. And then, uh, so, you know, you, you get the idea and obviously you, um, kind of already have an, an idea of what you want to do as far as making the movie and stuff. Um, do how how do you end up sort of casting for the people that you have for the movie? Because the there's a couple of of actors that are not like huge huge, but there's some pretty good talent that you got for the movie and stuff. So I w- I'm just curious how you kind of decided on the people that you brought in for the movie. Yeah, well, uh, we had a casting director, uh, a guy named Rich Mento, who did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but uh, for the Ironside character, I'd met Ironside like. I don't know, 12 years ago or something, 14 years ago, whenever I was living in Los Angeles and okay. I met him very briefly, like, you know, in the middle of traffic, sure, uh, sure. talking car to car. And he saw that I had Alberta plates and he'd done a bunch of work out here in the yeah. past. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I, and then it just kind of ended with, you know, I'm going to give you a call one day when I have the right role for you. Right. Very cool. And very then I, cool. you know, 
followed up on that a few years later. <laughs> Did he just look at you and just kind of snarl and then walk away? Because <laughs> <laughs> no, his character is always, you know, that's the that's his like his thing, right? You know, it's like, man, he's intimidating sure, all sure. through. Like, you, to he, me, as a viewer. He's intimidating. He's an intimidating guy, but he's also <laughs> yeah. like really lovable. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure in know, real life, or, he's a big sweetheart. Like, he's oh, a sure. big sweetheart. He's more like a, <clears throat> you know, a grandfather, maybe a tiny bit curmudgeonly, but not really. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he's just a, he's a really nice guy, really sweet guy. He really cares about the projects. Um, yeah. I know he really cares about this project. Mm-hmm. It was really nice. cool. he was really generous with his time. Like he'd read through you know versions of the script, and we would talk about them. And yeah, That's awesome. He was he was he was wonderful to work with. Right. So you you pretty much targeted him, and then um, and then I had a different idea for the Dixon character. Right. <laughs> or a different kind of a, a different actor type in my head. Sure. And then he suggested Monroe. Right. And then I talked to Monroe, and Monroe felt like he was very skeptical when I spoke to him. <laughs> sure, sure. That's, that's definitely a departure from what he was known for. Well, yeah. And and I, I hadn't seen Turbo Kid at that time, and I watched Turbo Kid. And in that character and a lot of the other characters he played up to that point, there was like kind of an innocence to them. Right. And yeah. then he was like in Degrassi and stuff too, right? So Yeah, totally. So there was there was like a sweetness there that to me was kind of exciting to see if we could kind of corrupt or make that the thing that feeds the kind of the evil or the bad stuff. Sure, sure. Right. So you're 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 basically that's that's the underlying thing underneath all the damage. Sure. Yeah. And no, that's cool. Really interesting. Great. Yeah, I, I had a funny feeling that <clears throat> that one one or one or the other was there first, and then recommended the other one from Turbo Kid. Right. Yeah. I had a funny feeling about that. <laughs> yeah, it totally happened. And we just did another movie with Monroe mm-hmm. uh, called Harpoon. Yeah, that, I saw the teaser. It looks great. Yeah, Rob Grant directed that. It's awesome, man. It's a really good movie, and Monroe kills it in it. Also, like he's he's just every time I see him in something, he's just getting better and stronger, and like just yeah. he's a really fantastic actor sure sure so i guess if, if anyone's listening and hasn't seen the movie uh, I'll, I'll warn that for the next little bit here as we talk about the movie there'll be some things that might be spoiled that you might not want to know right uh, the one thing which I, I know usually it's not in your control for for the uh the making of the trailers but i, I did end up watching the trailer and was like oh now it's kind of spoiled so if anyone <laughs> totally doesn't want it spoiled don't watch the trailer either so <laughs> Yeah, I did. did it, I yeah. did the opposite. I, I watched did. the movie first, and then yeah. Okay. I've got no sense of judgment for that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it it doesn't really bother me per <clears throat> se, but I know some people are are more bothered by it than others. Yeah. Um, but it, it was. <clears throat> but so what I would say is that, despite already knowing what I knew from that, I feel like right away you get the impression that Dixon's character is not. He's not the kid from Turbo Kid, and he's definitely not right, the kid from Degrassi. Right. Like there's, there's something like right away that's off that you just feel like you don't trust him. (laughs) And, and he, I I almost feel like he doesn't do a good job of trying to, um, not, not in acting wise. I feel like the character doesn't really try to make you trust him. He's just kind of more forceful about his, his trying to get the, the Lucas character to trust him. Right. Yeah. I don't even know if he's aware, like that self-aware. Mm-hmm. Oh, the 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 character. The guy. I don't think the character is that self-aware. 
Yeah, you know, yeah. Sorry, I meant Henry. I, I called him Luca, but his character's name was Henry. He's not one of subtlety. You know what I mean? In the sense that he's a, uh, you know, he's not like Loki or something where he's gonna yes, yeah, yeah, like outmaneuver you with his uh, with with his uh, cleverness. Yes, yeah. He's more like a blunt force object. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. And yeah, he he plays it really well. When I when I had saw that this movie existed and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm very interested because I'm a huge fan of turbo kid. And then mm. I see that he is playing this complete departure of that character. I'm like, Oh no, I'm, I'm really even better. I'm yeah. really curious, you know, cause I love to see that where people go outside of what they are. I mean, that's really the mark of a good actor is, you know, you see some of these, these fantastic actors of our time where they're a good guy, they're a bad guy, they're mean, they're a right, sweetheart, right. they're, they're everything, you know? Yeah. And, and I, uh, I think I have a job with interest in that, Mm -hmm. like making likable people unlikable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sure. Sure. That's what I I mean. That's what in Lloyd the Conqueror, you know, bubbles from trailer park boys plays the villain in that. Right. Um, And then poor Monroe in this. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Sure. So um, the, the, I guess the, the thing to me with the movie and, and, maybe you don't want to totally give everything away is there's, there's a little bit of mystery and kind of some stuff that's a little bit left up to interpretation. I felt like, like it's, it's there, but it's not beat you over the head with what is going on. You know, you don't have like the, uh, the one guy just comes out and, and dumps the whole plot on you and then walks off. Right. Uh, <laughs> which is good. Cause I, I like to kind of watch it and then go, okay, did I, was that, I'm not sure. Well, maybe let me watch it again and, and then kind of pick some stuff out. Yeah. To, and and uh, so to me, I, my, my theory that I like to believe sort of, I guess my takeaway from it is that the, the grandpa, Jacob, was not necessarily implicit on all the stuff that, the, that Dixon was doing, but was more just kind of keeping him under control. Like he's, he's not necessarily a bad guy, but he's not a good guy either. Jacob? Yes, yeah, yes. Um, I, I think you could possibly read it that way, but uh, I certainly intended him to be the worst person in the movie. Okay, because yes. what that, I was trying to yeah, that's what take I away yeah. was like the, the, the visions when he would see him. Obviously, Jacob dies, and then Dixon is chasing this kid, and he keeps seeing him come back to him to tell him these things. Yep. And... Uh, that's where I was like, oh, is he just imagining that or is he actually like, obviously he's imagining it, but would that be something that he was saying or was that his like twisted version of what the old man would tell him to do kind of twisting it in his head? So, so yeah, that's, that's cool. I, I was not sure if it was one way or the other and I could see it going either way. I was, I, I think what it was is that I wanted Michael Ironside to actually not be the so bad. <laughs> I, uh, oh, yeah. Well, and that you know, per like what I was hoping to achieve mm-hmm. was, uh, I guess it's manipulative, but I want I want you to see this person, not be sure if you like this person, right? Then see them in the context of one relationship, and then you think you like them, mm-hmm. right? And then over the course of the rest of the movie, slowly realize that they're actually way worse than you even thought they could have been at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. So that you're yeah, kind of yeah, being but, pulled all over the place in terms of how you how you uh, see this person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, uh, in my head, I w- it was kind of like he was he was the planet, right? Who's uh, everyone else is kind of stuck in his orbit. Exactly. Sure, sure. But, and that and again, uh, that 
that scene, the shed scene, right? The, when that all comes to fruition and everything, and and I was like, well, that's his shed, you know. And it, when when things are happening, I'm like, yeah, Michael, his character was like the the root of all of it. Like he can he manipulated this. He's the controller. And um, I, I I was just like, I think I just like audible, you know, was like, oh my god, you know, just kind of aha moment. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not the kid. That, the kid is just a byproduct, and right. he's the monster, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I just love that because you could put all of this together. Like I was expecting mm-hmm. to find bodies, you know, not <laughs> you know. I'm trying to I'm trying not to really spoil it, but at the same time spoiling it, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I was expecting like this find. You no, know, the kid was gonna find like bodies in the basement and shit because of just how that last scene was happening. I'm like, yeah, he's he's a serial killer here, you know, out in there the woods. There could be bodies in there too. There could sure, be. Sure, sure. Yep. Yeah, yep. we didn't see the whole basement. That's that's true. You know, <laughs> you know, you bury things. Yeah, and I I definitely can see that that was in there as well. It was more, I think, because I was really falling for him warming up to the grandson. Yeah, that's what makes it so and good. I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. he's yeah, he's a yeah, good yeah. guy. And I'm like, no, this kid's just crazy, and he's just imagining in his yeah. own twisted narcissism that he wants that the old man wants him to kill people. That's what it is, right? <laughs> so, so you kind of got me there with that. I, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think I fell for it. You, you fell uh, for it. <laughs> it's fun, you know, and if it works, it's great. The to complexify yeah. these terrible people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, so his daughter and like you know their relationship wasn't very good. Right. right, right. Um, but it obviously wasn't as destructive as his relationship with Dixon. Yeah, I think right. I maybe see a little bit of my own self. Not not exactly my own self, oh. but that uh, <laughs> I I my my daughter is like almost an adult now, and I don't see her very much. And so I imagine that someday she's gonna like come drop her kid off to spend a weekend <laughs> at my house. Right. But uh, I, I definitely don't just move around them. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't have uh, I don't have all that stuff going on that, uh, <laughs> cool, that these guys have going on. So <laughs> it will be a much more cool weekend <laughs> for the kid. <laughs> He'll just hang out and play Xbox or something. So. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, you think it's this, uh, you know, you think it's everybody's just, you know, doing off their thing. The dad's out there just kind of living outside off the grid kind of deal and just doing his thing. And like. Ends mm-hmm. up being, you know, a you know, a sadistic uh, killer slash just, I mean, manipulative and everything else, which is really cool in a way that like the family didn't doesn't. And of course, everybody doesn't know about it until it's right. out in the open, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just what the cool thing when he was opening up to the kid and he was teaching him how to, you know, uh, throw baseball and stuff like that. Yeah, you get that real human esque feeling to it, and he was. Like that grandson was the pride and joy where Dixon got real jealous at the end. And when uh, Jacob died, you know, he was like, that's it. All bets are off. You know, he was the untouchable one, but now he's not around and he's just going to go off the deep end. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, What um, was what was the the connection with baseball to it? Like, are you a big baseball fan or was that something that you had put into it? as as uh sort of a just a fun thing for you or that's uh that kevin my co-writer is the big baseball fan mm. okay okay um i like uh I, i'm not i don't watch much of any sport but this sport sure, sure. do watch i guess would be you know combat sports like i loved boxing when it was a sport you could watch sure <laughs> yeah, yeah. right Some regularity i don't know if that's possible anymore in any real sense yeah, yeah. And then I watched the odd MMA match, but you know, 
the problem with that sport is the audience. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. I look at the audience. I go, I'm just, I'm just done. <laughs> it's not fun to watch in a public setting. That's for sure. No, no, no. no. Yeah. That's a watch at home. Yeah. Of course. Um, the, uh, the same, same with American football and stuff too, is yeah. a more watch at home sport. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, um, the, I'll tell you a funny story about that script though. I got a friend of mine to, um, to, he was going to help me on something with this and I got him to read it. He's an older guy mm-hmm. and he's definitely not into horror and you know, the darker side of things. <clears throat> and he called me up and he's like, Mike, I read it. And he's like, you know, I, I'm, I've got some real problems with this. And I was right. like, well, what are they, you know? And this isn't usually a position where, you know, and I don't mind getting feedback from anyone, but it's not usually sure. sort of the automatic response, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's right, like, right, he's right. like, you know, you have this great story with this grandson and this grandfather, and then you ruin it. <laughs> like, well, no, that is the movie. Yeah. Like, right. That's, that's how <laughs> that's they the go. Point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And right. I'm just like, I don't know if this is the right one for us to work on together. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, does he have to kill people? Different. Yeah, yeah. He, he wanted a, you know, he wanted a different movie, and I was like, that, that's not this movie, and I'm not going to make that movie ever. Yeah, yeah Paul and I, uh, there's a, there's been a few movies where like that, where the, the first 15 minutes of the movie setting up the tone and setting up the characters, right? Where there's every once in a while, we'll say that to each other, like, well, wait a second, I want to see what's happening next in their life, like, I want to see yeah, the right. relationship, where's this going? All of a sudden, just you know, everybody dies in the next scene, but. Every once in a while, <laughs> but that's funny. Yeah, you get right. caught, you go, we'll get caught up into it a little bit. Like, hey, wait a second, this is a nice little thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the Disney version that I don't want to see. <laughs> yeah, so like, like Michael Ironside patches it up with his daughter and comes back <laughs> to visit them for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm like, oh, what is this movie? Thanksgiving, dinner, <laughs> I'll have to pull their resources together for dinner because all the stores are closed because of the storm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but then then he starts going to the kids' baseball games and watches them. You know, it's 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 a heartfelt story. That's right. It ends with him at uh, yeah striking out the the big big uh, big hitter. Lead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "You did it, kid. Thanks, Grandpa." <laughs> he just looks at him and kind of gives him a nod. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Back and nods back. Yeah, yeah. He does the groan. Then they, they all jump up because they won right. the pennant or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's the whole thing where the grandpa said, "Don't use the knuckleball," and then he used the knuckleball to That's strike right. him out. And it was that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't make that movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I probably wouldn't be talking. I don't know if it'd be fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like this is Paul. What is this movie? <laughs> I feel so like, no, warm it's cool. inside. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's not what I want. Right. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, how, what was the, the kind of challenges of, of doing this movie with the, the big outdoor setting and the cold? And was there really any like obstacles you guys had to work with as far as that goes? Like nothing like extremely out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. It's just really damn cold the whole time. Right, like, right. A lot of in and out of the house. Yeah, there was like a, a week of nights outside that was freezing. Yeah, sure, uh, sure. The weather kind of went from like probably plus five, this is Canadian temperature, plus five, <laughs> right, right. You know, minus 35. Right. Um, just because, you know, we went through a little weird weather spell. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, when we were shooting nights exterior outside, it's minus, you know, 30, 35, whatever it was, it's freezing. Oh, yeah, out. yeah. So yes. it's awful, right? And you got like, you just feel bad for actors because they, don't get to wear jackets like you are. Right. Yeah. 
you are and you're still freezing and they have to take them off while they try to act and not look too cold. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, that's tough for sure. sure. At least it's not, um, it wasn't like, you didn't, it didn't seem like you had any scenes where it was like extremely hostile or like tons of snow or anything like that. So just it, really cold. Just really, really cold. Like, yeah, <laughs> brutally cold. Right. How, how, I got a question about that. Uh, how much could that hinder you as a director? You're directing these actors and, you know, I guess, um, your humanity level comes up and you're like, okay, I just, we'll just, you know, film what we have or, or use what we have because of, no. of the extreme conditions. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, good answer. I, I, I like that because, you know, I was just like, it's just me because I, I, I'm not into it, right? So, or I'm not right. doing that as, as a living. So I kind of have these kind of questions where it's like, well, I wonder if anybody cuts things short because of their they're feeling bad for the actors or they just or they're going to put them through not sadistically but like we got to stay here and get this right. right no right. like i mean you check in and stuff like that right sure and sure takes you'll make sure that they have warm-up jackets and you might be like you know go inside for five minutes we got to change a lens mm-hmm. or gotcha gotcha like you, you you know you're 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 um you're aware of it but you know I, we're all here to make the movie so like yeah the yeah. fucking movie what's the point of being cold at all yes very exactly true. like very you know true. might have to be really uncomfortable for an hour or two or a mm-hmm. day or whatever but i'm not gonna you're not gonna like it'd be pointless if we sacrifice anything and then we don't get the shot sure, yeah. yeah yeah and then you just have yeah. to take more time later and it's, it's not like it's going to be better weather the next day it's probably still going to suck well, so I'm, I'm sure there's <laughs> The uh, actors too are invest are vested into the movie too. They want to like, nope, let's stay here, let's do this, let's do another take, let's let's get this oh, yeah, right. Yeah. You yeah, yeah, you totally have that. And there's times where it's like, no, 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 go inside for a minute, go get a car, right, you know, right, or sure, right. yeah, yeah. And you just just we'll be fine. Give us 15 minutes, and then yeah. you know, sometimes I, I, I you don't actually a, need that much time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I just had to ask because again, in the back of my mind, sometimes I. I think of that like, is there any kind of uh, ways people, you know, people sacrifice just because of the extreme conditions, you know? Because like some of these, I watch, I watch some of these movies. I go, man, it's got to be very uncomfortable. You know, you start thinking about the production side of it, not as you're watching. I'm like, that's got to be that hurt. That looks like it hurts, you know? Well, we were, yeah. we were lucky that you know, just about all the actors were really game. Like they yeah. were in it to win it. They were there to oh, yeah, yeah. do their best. Like. There was no one that was like, you know, kind of really complaining or, you know, not going to do their all, right. no matter how cold or uncomfortable they were. Like we were yes. all in for, I think, the, the same reasons. So, yeah, I appreciate the uh, locations a lot more than the Hollywood movies that they use a the liquid breath and they fake their way. Or you watch <laughs> movies that they're in the snow and you see no breath and you're like, well, they're on a soundstage. It's just, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just not cool, man. You got to go out in the wild. Yeah, and I appreciate I, that. Like, I, I, I love location shooting. Like, it's yeah, really sure, fun. Yeah. Um, and, like, for example, like what I was talking about before with documentary stuff, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that that location that we that we have there, the, the, those buses, like, I didn't write a script and have, like, school buses on the property. Uh-huh. But we found a location that had a bunch of school buses on the property. One was used as some kind of pig pen, pig run thing, and that one was used as storage or something like that. Like, right, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, there's two ways to deal with this. One is, you know, I ignore it and try to shoot around it, um, you know, block it from all the shots. And then yeah. the other way is like, you know, why don't I just make that part of the part of the milieu and it's just part of the weirdness of this place because this <laughs> yes. house we're filming yep. at to me is a little bit weird. It's a little unusual. 
Yeah. Uh, so let's just kind of embrace it. Yeah, I did love yeah, the buses sure. as set pieces. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, like, it's, let's use it. Let's make this yeah. yeah, exactly, because if they weren't in it, we'd be like, hey, um, what do you think those buses are used for? You think? And we'd just go off on like a complete tangent on this whole subplot about school buses in the area being, you know, <laughs> did, did this guy repair them or, you know? Sure, yeah. Sure. yeah. And I mean, you know, <laughs> we I, I didn't have this in mind, but you could probably find a metaphor or, you know, this guy with these broken down school buses, things that are supposed to take, you know, children to places where they're going to learn and grow up and all that. But, you know, I did certainly right. didn't find that. But I'm sure, you know, if you wanted to, you could apply some kind of metaphor to it. Well, mm-hmm. if you didn't use them for in the how you used them, like storage and, in you know, pig pen stuff or whatever. If you didn't do that, then that's what we would be doing <laughs> outside, <laughs> outside. the. I'd be like, yeah. Paul, you know, we would talk about it and go, well, what about those school buses? But since right. you used them, we have nothing to say. We know exactly what they're used for. So it's yeah. really well, not a question. <laughs> I could have gotten them. I probably could have gotten them removed, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And, you know, but you nah, talk, it'll, it'll work. somewhere, but I was like, it's kind of weird and interesting. So. Oh, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, it's what you would expect to see on sort of that. It's, it's like a farm, but it's kind of a junkyard. It's like one of right. those combination things. It's just a little bit of everything that's going on there. Yeah, totally. So, there like are a, like a pack rat property. Like, I agree. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's part of the documentary thing. I think where I I want to embrace. Yeah. So, uh, well, now that you have this movie out, and you know you're still obviously doing some promotion for it as you're talking to us here. But uh, what else do you have that you're working on, or is there anything that you would like to to work on for yourself coming up soon? Yeah, I mean, this like I I produce a fair bit and also direct, mm-hmm. right? Um, right, right. So I produced this movie called Harpoon that's just entering the film festival circuit too. It's a really cool movie. It's a I don't know what it is. It's it's a you know it's it's knife in the water with the cast of Seinfeld. Is sort of what mm-hmm. it is. No, <laughs> okay, nice. And it's just like it it jumps all sorts of. It, it jumps a bunch of genres and tones and it's, you know, funny and bloody and whatever. It's just a, it's a fun movie that I think if you see it on the festival circuit, it'll be exciting to see it with a, with a really good audience. Cool. Um, nice, nice. So that one I'm really, I'm really proud of. Uh, Rob killed it on the, you know, as a director. And then my next couple of projects as a director uh, are going to be, there's a sci-fi a sci-fi murder mystery one that uh, this other writer wrote that we're just sort of doing a couple more passes on the script. So it should be close. It should be ready in the next month or two. Nice. Um, and then there's a violent kind of exploitation-y revenge thriller thing with old guys. Okay, uh, cool. And then I'm, I want to write a barbarian movie. That's what I really want. <laughs> yes. That's cool. <laughs> I haven't seen one. I like, I haven't really like other than Conan, I can't, there's a couple, but there's not, you know, there isn't too many. So I'm just like, let's can dig into that genre. I'm sure. Yeah. The Beastmaster. But it's totally not exploding, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, but it also feels like an inherently kind of, you know, I'll, I'll include you guys. We'll say North American type. Oh, of yeah. movie, right. right. Like the same way a samurai movie is Japanese. Um, right. Right. But we haven't sort of dug into it too much as a genre of, as for film. No, there are yeah, yeah. definitely just a handful of them out there. So I want I want to make a I want to make a killer barbarian movie, like just a really rad badass <laughs> barbarian movie. I'm just toying around cool. with it. I haven't written anything yet, but it's sort of on at the top of my mind and I will write write it probably this year. Very cool. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, that's I think 
that's something that could be popular now too because yeah a lot of a lot of fantasy and kind of crazy shit is really kind of blowing up now beyond just superhero stuff there's a lot of sort of crazy fantasy adventure movies and stuff and and i think there's room in horror for stuff or you know horror action genre type pictures there's yeah. there's room for more fantasy and yeah, less let's get uh, back to the sorcery and like yeah, like you said like yeah. you know the typical warrior sorcerer thief you know the 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 world of warcraft of of you know those type of movies man let's get back into that kind of fantasy i I, i'm i'm in for that let's uh sneaky ghosts take it away from the big landscape of the big fantasy world and just set it in like a really small scale world of like almost like the way the western has like the lone gunman show up to town Uh, okay gotcha yeah Yeah. Yeah. you know and have this in that you know, as a mercenary and then sort of maybe, I don't know what happens, but maybe he learns that, you know, there's a little bit more to it than just the money or the spoils. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, but that sounds awesome. Badass motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, will be I mean, thrown in, but yeah. Yeah, like Toshiro, like whoever the modern day Toshiro Mifune is in a, as, a bar, as, a, as a, you know, North American barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got to be, you can't be a barbarian and then be like kind of a half-assed tough guy gotta be full badass yeah full yeah. on yes right and like completely uh, in a like you know maybe befriends a kid and is appropriate <laughs> with like sort of the advice he gives him and stuff like that he just like this yeah. touch you know like if you want a pie you take a pie right right <laughs> <laughs> i like it but yeah i don't well, that's, those, that's those cool. are the things i'm playing with and then uh i'm sort of always i guess always looking for projects to do so there's yeah, always yeah. an opening to find new stuff because there's always stuff that kind of pops up when you don't. For it. sure. Well, mm. I mean, it sounds like you have some good diverse interests in the things that you're kind of either looking for or pursuing or already working on, which is encouraging to kind of hear that you want to do uh, things in, in a few different directions. I, I like to see people do different stuff instead of just right kind of doing the same things over and over again too which there's nothing wrong with that like if if you were like yeah my next project is knuckleball 2 and it's it's fucking that's definitely all i'm focusing on then that's and we're like all right cool we'll wait and see what the hell that's going to be so yeah I, I think i get bored with that but, oh yeah yeah well and some people like that they, they want to kind of keep developing characters and that's also fine too or or you know having fun with them whatever way they're doing it but i think doing one story where you tell the story that you want to tell and then you're kind of done with those characters that's totally great too and and to move on to do different styles of stuff i i can totally sympathize with that because you know with with marco and i we like so many different kinds of movies too it's not we don't even Mm -hmm. just really cover horror all the time we do action movies and revenge thrillers and crime Mm -hmm. drama and, and weird comedy stuff so we're kind yeah, of all over the place I mean, as well. Yeah, so I'm thinking it as a creator the same way I think of it as a viewer. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I right. like stuff. Yeah. I want to be able to make different stuff. Sure, sure. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, I, I just want to make sure that Marco didn't have anything else that he wanted to ask you about the movie or any any uh, mysteries that he wanted solved. Well, now we're <laughs> we know we're not getting Knuckleball too, so. Uh, well, you never know. Though. <laughs> well, the right. kid did see his grandfather. Oh, again, spoiler: the kid did see the visions at the end, so he could be going a little nuts. But yeah, um, no, man. I, I, I just want to say this was a fun talk, and thank you. But uh, you know, you've you've been awesome, and uh, knowing that you're going to do a bunch of different genre 
things that you have that rolling in your head, that's that makes me excited uh, for what I've seen of your stuff and what I've known mm-hmm. for, uh, from you. And then, of course, I'm going to check out Lloyd the Conqueror because that is like sounds such a like a good time. Um, cool. Shoot me. Uh, a I just uh, when you check it out. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, man. So I- I'm glad that uh, you have that. Di- like like Paul was saying, you know, you're you're getting that diverse uh, repertoire going, and I can't wait for the Barbarian movie. I prefer <laughs> creatively promiscuous. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, that's a good place to be promiscuous. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. That's right. Uh, before we before we wrap up completely, then I guess if you want to plug anything as far as where people can follow you or any of your projects, websites, and things like that, just to stay on top of what is going on with you. Yeah. Sure. Um, I think the Twitter handle is Kball Film. Uh, okay. I'm just checking that out, though. I should know this, but I don't. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Okay. Um, I'm positive that's it, though. I'm just gonna check. Give me one second. Not a problem. Yeah, K Ball movie. Okay. Um, and you can find you can find it on um, Twitter or Facebook. And then I mean, I'm on Facebook. You can find me there. I'm not on much else right now. Um, yeah, stop in, say hi. Sure, sure. And then you said that uh, Harpoon is still in the festival circuit, but we'll definitely be watching for that. Yeah. In probably yeah. the six months to a year by the time it's mm-hmm. it's being distributed. Yeah, exactly. We just did our European <laughs> premiere at uh, Rotterdam. Right, right. And we will hopefully have an announcement for the North American premiere shortly. Nice, nice. Yeah, that would be cool. It uh, it definitely looks awesome, and I will keep tabs on on that and let people know through our through our resources when it comes available and stuff. We're always kind of watching for our friends of the podcast and when their next projects are coming out. So right, cool. And I, I'll cool. make my I'll shoot my next film this year sometime. Nice, nice. Cool. Perfect. Cool. Yeah, this has been great. I'm glad that uh, that we got to work this out. And I know we had talked a while back before you went to the film festival and uh, kind of put things on hold until after you got back, which sounded like while you were there, it went really well with that movie too. So Yeah, it was amazing. We had like two sellouts. Two oh, sell- that's awesome. Uh, screenings and then like 500 people in a 700-person theater. and. Nice. And another one that was something like that, but I wasn't there for that one. So I, you know, I just heard. Sure, sure. Yeah, it was amazing. There's no trailer. We don't have any, you know, huge stars in it. it it's just a really good festival and mm-hmm. really good audience. And for whatever reason, people seem to be talking about it amongst themselves to, you know, get those bodies in the seats. Oh. Right, right. And someone uh, did. Oh, I'm sorry. What was that? Someone fainted. Oh no. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because you got to get the article about how somebody like yeah, fainted right. during it, and then there'll be a lot of hype about the movie. Well, the like, movie where no one can stand the there. From the from the, it gets a little bloody, um, and someone literally fainted. <laughs> that's all. I mean, yeah, that's, well, that's kind of awesome. You got to get the headline right, so then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, we were it's, in, it's, just discussing whether we should talk about that or not, and I was like, well, oh, that's what I'm saying. You, you know, you can exploit it like every other film, y'all. Like, yeah. the movie's so bloody, people are fainting in the aisles. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Do Although you it dare does, watch? <laughs> that's right. It, it does work against you, though, because then does, people see yeah, it and they're like, this fucking movie sucks. It's not even that gory. That's because right. they're anticipating the faint, you know, and they're like, yeah, that yeah. wasn't... Yeah. <laughs> so, all, the, all the people that are expecting it to be super hardcore then will be... 
all disappointed and, <laughs> yeah, and they'll, right. they'll talk a bunch of shit about it. So it works against you either way. Whenever right. something is the most whatever, then yeah, the mo- yeah. There's, there's always got to be like 56% of the people got to push back against it. So I know you <laughs> can't. <right>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no this has been fun we definitely will stay in touch and we will keep enjoying each other's dog pictures on facebook yes and, uh, <laughs> in the meantime and i'll keep liking your uh running photos and i'll let you know when i'm uh back out on the street running yeah definitely very cool i'll look forward to that you just have to start low impact right get the knee right. strength back up so that's it that's it I'm doing it. Perfect. It's happening. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So anyone that's listening, obviously you know where to find the show. Please support our friends on the Legion Podcast Network, the Raw Live and Unedited Podcast Network, and the Padded Room Podcast Network. And until next time, thanks for listening, everybody. And we will see you. Well, we won't see you, but you will hear us the next time uh, that we put a show out. All right. Bye. Bye. So many.